Well, this is a special day because we're going to observe the Lord's table. Of course, every Sunday is special. And, uh, and yet, when you gather around the elements, it's just special. I mean, you know it when you have special dinners. And, and really, church, what this day is today is Memorial Day. We're remembering what Jesus did. We're remembering what he did on the cross. So, just like we, we celebrate Christmas to remember his birth. We celebrate Easter to remember um, his resurrection. You know, you have Friday he was crucified. And then uh, he was buried, he was resurrected. So really this service is like a celebration service. He's alive forevermore. And because he lives, we live. Because he lives, we will never die. We're never going to die. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? We take our last breath here, we take our first breath in heaven. That's it. He's alive because he lives, we live. It's instantaneous. It's, you know, we had a funeral here Friday, and it was sad because we're saying goodbye to a loved one, but he, Floyd's in heaven. You know, he's in heaven today. And so we celebrate today because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We live today because of Jesus Christ and the joy that we have, the peace that we have, and his comfort. As we begin today, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll look at verse 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And verse 23 says this, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Can you imagine that? The same night in which he was betrayed. So he's instituting the Lord's table. He's communing with his, having communion with his disciples at the conclusion of the supper, the Passover supper that they've enjoyed. And he's, he's incorporating a new way to remember. Because it's not going to be the, lamb of the, the, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost that delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. It's going to be his own blood that's applied to the door of my heart that's going to give me eternal life. And I'm going to live forever. And so are you in Jesus Christ. And so he says, um, the Bible says in, in verse 24, And when he had given thanks, he brake it and, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. So these wafers here represent the body of Christ. This isn't the body, but it represents the body of Christ. It's giving us a picture. We're remembering what Jesus, his body was broken. We'll talk about that in more detail in just a moment. And then the Bible says, my body which is broken, this do in remembrance of me. Remember now, it's a memorial day. We're remembering what he did. And after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. So it's a New Testament. It's the new, it's the, the God's grace. I'm dying for you. I'm going to die. They don't know. That, this is what 
he's talking about. We know because we look back on it. We know what this means. He's telling his disciples, and he hasn't died yet. But he says, this do in remembrance of me. So when they partake, when they take that bread and eat it, they don't really know what they're doing. You know, remembrance of me, Jesus, you're standing right in front of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. As oft as you drink it, and, 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 and as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. So he died, but he rose again, and he's coming back. So this cup of grape juice here, and that's what it is. It's grape juice. It represents the blood of Christ that was shed upon the cross. And so spiritually speaking, if you're a born-again Christian, if you're a Christian in here, I have uh, four brothers and three sisters, and they're my blood kin. I have the same blood. Okay? But then, uh, and I have five daughters. They're all, they're sisters. They have their father's blood. But you see, you and I have the father's blood. You see, we're saved today because of Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed. So we're brothers and sisters. We're family. You understand? We're related. You understand? We're going to the same place forever. We're going to live with Jesus forever. When he comes back, what he's talking about, we're all going together. You understand? And so we all have, we all have these, unique, this, these unique personalities and unique opportunities to reach people with the gospel. So we're here on a divine, with a divine purpose. To teach our children, of course. And to, to reach the people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so... God didn't want us to forget. So we have two ordinances in the church, the Baptist church, that we emphasize. The first is baptism, and it's symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection. That's why we baptize by immersion. Jesus died. He was buried. The third day he rose again, and he's alive forevermore, and he's coming back. And so as a believer, when I, when I got baptized... March 12, 1972, as the same day I got saved, I was buried symbolically and raised to walk in newness of life. I was, I'm not supposed to be like Rich Sidlowski. I'm supposed to live like Jesus Christ. He lives through me with my personality. You understand? He lives through you, through your personality, to reach the people and to show them but we're all to show the love of Christ. We're all to tell them about Jesus. Because everything we have is because of Him. I met my wife because she was a Christian. She came to Bible college from Seattle. I met her because she was a Christian. Our relationship is built upon Jesus. He gave us five daughters. We have three son-in-laws. They're all believers in Christ. They're followers of Jesus. And so he's given us all. We're all here today because of Jesus. That's why you're here. Because he saved you. He's called you. 
And you're on a divine mission from God. And so, baptism is an outward symbol of the inward work of God. That's why when you get saved, you ought to be baptized. You understand? We, we're, we're not ashamed, so we get baptized in front of the congregation, buried in the likeness that walked, raised in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in newness of life. If you're saved, you ought to be baptized. And then the Lord's table is symbolic of the fact that Jesus died, he was resurrected, and he's coming again. When we take the bread and the cup, we're remembering the day Jesus died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And so we commune together. Communion is the symbol of the eternal work of God. We commune together because of Jesus. That's why we meet here every Sunday and celebrate his life. And so this service, by the way, every Sunday, it's all about Jesus. That's why we come to church. Because he's commanded us to. And so this morning, I would like you to notice three, three things as we consider this topic, this do and remembrance of me. First of all, it is a time of remembrance. It's a time of remembrance. What do we remember? We remember his suffering. He suffered. Isaiah 52 and verse 14 talks about the suffering of Christ. As many as were stonied at him, at thee, his visage was so marred. In other words, they took a rod, they beat him. They beat him with their fists. His visage was so marred, they couldn't tell it was a man's face. If you knew Jesus by how he looked, you would say, who is that? You wouldn't, you wouldn't recognize him. He was beat up so much. He suffered. His form was marred more than any of the sons of men. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. Who hath no form nor comeliness? When we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He's beaten. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Jesus was a crane. Listen, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He hung on that cross for our transgressions. That's what we remember. This do in remembrance of me, Jesus said. My body was broken. My blood was shed. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes were healed. They took that whip and they whipped it around Jesus' body. When we went to Israel, you go into a room. It's a room now, but it was a courtyard where they beat Jesus. And the blood, the pool of blood from his body. It's where they beat people. 
He suffered. I haven't suffered like that. I haven't had my back ripped apart. He suffered for me. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. And we've turned everyone to our own way. You know, we're born in this world. And we're like sheep. God gives you a mom and dad. They guide you. They direct, give you direction in life. And see, how do mom and dad know how to give, give their children guidance? Through the Bible. This is how we find out how to raise our children. Not by what we see on the television. Not by what they tell us that we're to teach our children in the public schools. No, we learn from the Bible. By the way, what makes this place so special is we all not only have a church, we have a school that teaches you from the Bible how to raise your kids, how to love your wife, how to live together as a husband and wife. So special. We're so blessed because of Jesus. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened out his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shears was dumb, so he opened down his mouth. Jesus said nothing. <laughs> he didn't have to say anything. Do you know when you're right and you're doing what's right and you're living right and it is what it is, you don't have to say a thing, you just do it. He was going to die on that cross for our sins. What he did say is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So we live for Jesus. We just walk with him. And today we remember his suffering. Matthew 27, verse 46, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lama, Shabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And you see, this, the, the thing that's sad about those words is that God turned his back on Jesus, not because of Jesus, but because of me. Jesus never sinned. He's paying 2,000 years ago for my sin and for your sin. That's what Jesus did. That's what we get to do is tell, tell this world about a God who loves them. Who died for all of their sin. So that they could be saved. So that they could be cleansed. So they could be washed. Whiter than snow. Oh, it's, his suffering was great. We remember his sacrifice. He came in this world to redeem the lost. John 1 1. The Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, so John 1 1 says the Word was with God. John 1 14 tells us what verse 1 means. And the Word was made flesh. 
and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, even as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How wonderful. But you see, Jesus left heaven. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robber to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion, he became, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see, he humbled himself. He left heaven. He came to this earth. John 1, chapter 1, and verse 11. The scripture says, He came into His own, and His own received Him not. This world rejected Him. He was crucified. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and verse 9. Again, we think about the sacrifice that he made. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty we might be made rich. I'm rich today. Oh, I'm telling you, in Dubai, you see the wealth. You see the buildings. You talk about a skyline. You take the Los Angeles skyline and multiply it times 20. Building after building after building after. Un- incredible architecture. Draw- I mean, these buildings are just amazing. All the way around it. The beaches all the way around Dubai and just the beauty of everything. They're rich. They've got money. But they're poor. Because they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe. Right by our hotel, Friday is the day they they worship. And the main road is very busy in front of the hotel. The mosque was so busy at noon, they people just they moved outside. They had their prayer rugs. They were in the street. Blocking the street, praying. They're worshiping a God that's dead. Jesus is alive. Just about every person we met, what's your name? Muhammad. Muhammad. Everybody wanted to name their children after Muhammad. You see, we serve a risen Savior. I'm rich today. I'm content today with what I have. I'm thankful, and so are you. And so are you. You have the joy of the Lord. He, he was rich and he became poor. I'm just rich in him. That's what we have in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. For even... Hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. He's our example. 
we suffer. We suffer in this life because in this life we have suffering. We have suffering. Jesus suffered. We remember the fact that he suffered and that he sacrificed. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. The Bible says he came to seek. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so we're on a mission. You see, I'm Jesus' hands. I'm his feet. I'm his heart. You see, I'm supposed to treat others like Jesus would treat them. I'm supposed to be a gentleman. I'm supposed to be kind. I'm supposed to do unto others as they'd have them do unto me. By the way, in the, in the house of the church, you ought to be kind to everybody. Everybody in this room should be kind one to another. There's no place for being unkind. And, and by the way, you ought to be kind to anybody out in this world. How are they going to see Jesus' love? Jesus said the way you show you're really a Christian is to be kind to those that are unkind to you. And so, we're out here seeking the lost. Building up the brethren. You see, we're on a mission. We're just here to get tuned up to go out there and just be a light. Jesus sacrificed. Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. Again, through the word of God. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto but to minister. He gave his life a ransom for many. And so that's our pattern. We don't do what we do to be ministered unto. We do what we do to minister to others. You don't get married to be ministered to. You don't get married so you can sit in there in that lazy boy chair. Maybe have a whistle there for your wife. Maybe a signal. Come, come serve me. You know, if you're like my wife, you should tip the chair over, you know, get out of that chair. No, we minister to each other. And we're here, we minister to each other. Then we minister to the world. He didn't come to minister. He he came to be ministered unto. He came to touch lives. He sacrificed. He didn't come down here to... Just to have everybody wait on him. He came down here to wait on others. That's, that's the pattern of our Savior. That's how we are to live as Christians. And so it's a time of remembrance. But then it's a time of rejoicing. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That word perish means die and go to hell. That's what that means. I'm not going to perish. When I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven immediately. But wait a minute. People I, people I might meet out here in this world, when they die, if they don't have Christ, they're going to perish and go to hell. Should I not tell them? Should I not warn them? Should I not say, God loves you? And Jesus died for you. And so that's what we do. We tell them that there's a God that loves them. Well, God loved the, so loved the world. 
we can rejoice in the fact that we're born again. John 15, 13. Again, greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's the pattern for us. Jesus is my friend. He laid down his life for me. I don't know anybody that's, worth, that's done that for me. He did it. He did it. Now, I have some real good friends. But nobody's laid down their life for me like he did. And he laid down his life for you. He's the best friend you have. I want to introduce you to your best friend. His, his name is Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Rejoice in what you have in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He made him to be sent for us who knew no sin that he might be made the righteousness that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I stand before you righteous. Positionally. I'm not righteous physically. Practically. But positionally in Jesus before God I'm righteous. And now I'm becoming more like Jesus. That's what baptism is. You know, you're baptized, buried in the likeness of walked, raised to walk in newness of life. So I'm to be walking in newness of life. I'm 64. I want to become more like Jesus. You know, you get 64, you get grumpy. I know, maybe you're not grumpy. How many of you are grumpy? Raise your hand. How many of you are proud to be grumpy? Amen. You're just proud of it. Every time I go to Disneyland, I said, I, gotta, I want to buy one of those shirts about being grumpy. But they don't have my size in extra small. You know what I'm saying? They don't have it. That's, that's the shirt I need. But you know what? You know what I have to do then? I have to not be like Rich Sidlowski. I have to walk in the Spirit. Because Jesus isn't grumpy. He never will be. He loves you. He loves you. And he loves me. And he's so patient with us. I serve him. I look to him. And so, this morning, we rejoice in his wonderful love for us. He's alive forevermore. Revelation 1.18 speaks to the fact that he's alive forevermore. I am he that liveth and was dead, and, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. That's my Savior. He's alive forevermore. Because he lives, I live. I'm rejoicing this morning because Jesus is alive. And he's coming back. He's coming back for us. When, you know, when Jesus promises something, he does it. You know, we, don't, we have sometimes we promise things and we can't, we don't keep them. But he promises us. Revelation 22 and verse 20. When Jesus comes. He which testifies these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. I can't wait till that day. But until that day, we're going to celebrate. We're going to remember. We're going to rejoice and then reflect. We reflect on the goodness of God. We observe here what's called close communion. What does that mean, Pastor? If you're walking close to God, if you're a born-again Christian, if you know Jesus in your heart, 
and you have a desire to live for him, then you can, I invite you to partake. If you're not a Christian and you don't believe in Jesus, then I would just ask you not to partake of the elements because these are about Jesus. We're celebrating him. Close communion, walking with him. The Bible says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Back in this day, they, had the, they observed the Lord's table very often. So it just became a thing to do. People would do, weren't even followers of Jesus, just mock it, they would do it. He said, if you mock it, you better be careful. There are some that are sick. There are some that have died. This is a special time. Now, none of us are really worthy to, to enjoy this time, but through Jesus Christ. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we're worthy through Jesus to partake. And so this morning as we partake, I don't know everything that's going on in your heart. I don't know that. So the Bible says examine yourself. So really a time, the time of reflection is really a time to clean our own hearts. Lord, thank you for what you've done. And if there's any unconfessed sin in there, confess it. Get it right. Lord, I want to live like you. I want to be like you. And so, as we prepare to enjoy the elements, first of all, make sure that you're saved. If you're listening online, you're not saved, born again, you need to get born again. I'm telling you, I have peace, joy, and happiness. My purpose for being here on this earth is to tell people about Jesus. If you're here and you're not 100% sure, you're, if you died, you'd go to heaven, you can know it. We just told you the story. We've remembered. Jesus. By his grace. And so, by his grace, come to him. Open your heart to him. Nobody's perfect. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're not perfect. But by his grace we can be saved. There's no rejoicing in this world. Everything's temporal. Let's look to our Savior. If you're here and you're not 100% sure, you're on your way to heaven. You can know that. How? By calling upon him. Let's bow our heads and join our hearts together. This morning, if you're listening online or listening here in this auditorium, you're not sure of your eternal home, I invite you to open your heart to Jesus. You've got to understand you're a sinner and you need a Savior. And you've got to be humble to ask the Savior for forgiveness and to come into your heart. And he will. If you'd like to receive Christ as your Savior, would you pray this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I'd be lost without you. 
I'm asking you now to come into my heart and be my Savior. The best I know how, I put my faith and trust in your word and the work you did upon the cross by shedding your blood and dying for me and being resurrected that third day. And because you live, I can live. I accept your payment and your love by faith. Thank you for loving me and dying for me and giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. That's a simple prayer.